life is cyclical in general but like we're also on a 28 day cycle just naturally and so like that in and of itself is very very normal and like doesn't make you crazy and doesn't make you a bitch and doesn't make you difficult and doesn't make you less than men in the workplace if anything it makes you like more in tune to so many other things to be able to have that hi welcome to undefined this is marissa tashman and you probably know me by now i am your host and i am really excited to share my interview with a longtime friend kim firth Kim and I actually met when we were 16, so we've known each other for a very long time at an intensive art summer program in Vermont. (laughs) I know it's like pretty crazy that I traveled all the way from Vermont to California to do some art, but it was really awesome. And Kim actually designed me a shirt, and we were just talking about this, I think it was a couple weeks ago, and I found a photo of me in like wearing the shirt that Kim designed when we were 16 and I have no idea where this shirt is now but it just brought back a lot of awesome memories and I actually have a door that I painted that's in my house somehow I got it from Vermont to California thank you to my mom and dad for that I guess Um, but anyway that program was amazing and Kim and I became fast friends And then we actually reconnected last summer. No, we reconnected like in the end of 2019. And then we kept in touch and we recorded this episode last summer. So this episode is several months old, still during the pandemic. So the world, unfortunately, has not changed that much, except we have a new president, which is, I guess, a big change and pretty awesome. But anyway, we talk a lot about pivoting careers. Kim is in the wellness industry and now she works in operations at a company called Gold, which makes wellness powders like matcha and golden milk. But she's had a really long journey through the whole wellness industry and she was very burnt out and she pivoted the type of work she does just recently. So we talk a lot about that. We also talk about how She started working with a coach. We talk about getting in tune with her cycle and fitting in with a group, changing herself to be accepted, which I know is like sort of a common theme in my podcasts, and really defining yourself as a creative person, valuing yourself in relationships. It's really a just a conversation uh, between us and we talk about a lot of different things, as you know, probably from listening to my other episodes. But anyway, I'm very excited to share it, and I have some life updates for everybody listening. This is going to be my last episode of quote-unquote season one. I think it's kind of funny that I say that it's like a season, but anyway, I'm defining this as the end of season one, and I'm going to take a break to record episodes and strategize about season two. I'm not sure when I'm going to start season two when I'll release those episodes, but I will definitely be taking a break for at least a couple months. And I'm still in Portland. I decided to stay longer. My friend John, who was on, I believe it was episode two of my podcast, put me in touch with his friend named Douglas, who is amazing and lives in Portland. And we decided to do a house swap. 
So he's going to stay at my house in LA and I'm going to stay at my at his house in Portland once my Airbnb is up. And it's sort of like the holiday, which I watched last night and definitely is just a reminder of all of the conditioning that I have as a woman around romantic relationships, but that's besides the point. Anyway, I'm staying in Portland at least until the end of April, and I'm super excited about it. I've been loving it here so far, and it's really given me an opportunity to connect with myself and obviously with the trees, since I love trees. I got a new tattoo since I've been up here, which I'm obsessed with. And I also deleted my Facebook and deactivated Instagram. So if you haven't seen me, that's why. Apparently, I will disappear from your DMs. Not that I like DM people all the time. But if you haven't seen me, that's why. And it's really been an amazing opportunity for me to just be very present and focus on the now rather than distract myself with my phone and things that just like don't really contribute anything positively in my life. I do miss the memes and I miss Nature is Metal, which is an amazing Instagram account. So please send me your favorite memes. I'd love it. Anyway, I hope that you enjoy this episode and I will talk to you all at the end. And thank you so much, seriously, for agreeing to be interviewed. I know that it's can be kind of uncomfortable to know that you're being recorded and we're obviously talking about, you know, some big topics. So I just appreciate it and yeah, wanted to thank you. Yeah, and I just think it's so awesome that we've gotten back in touch with each other. I know it's so funny and yeah, just really like dove right into all the deep stuff. <laughs> I know it's so true. Did you feel like when you were in high school that you had to like define yourself by certain things that were quote unquote cool or popular? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily cool or popular, but there was definitely, you know, it's for like safety. It's you want to like group yourself with something. So for me, uh, I was definitely labeled in with like, the artsy kids and like the drug kids, like smoking weed was like a huge part of my identity and like how, how I like met a lot of people and my boyfriend doesn't smoke weed. So that's why we never (laughs) talked, but, but I was like friends with some of his friends who did. Um, so I feel like that was like a big, like kind of like definition for you know of like oh yeah. like you're a stoner you're not like you can hang out with us and like during lunch period and go like hang out in a bush and like smoke a bowl or <laughs> like you can't come if that's not part of you and same thing with art it was like hanging out in the lunchroom or in the art room during lunch and you know yeah you're kind of like social uh experience is definitely tied to those activities. So yeah, it was definitely, um, even more so, I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't really made art in years, but it's just funny how like you, in order to like, I can still consider myself a creative person without like having a body of work. (laughs) Um, but like, but back then it felt like so important to be like, oh no, I'm going to make all like my clothes myself. And, you know, I have to like dress a certain way. And, yeah. uh, because it was part of your identity. 
Yeah, I have to and not like, like certain that, things. Yeah, like without it, you didn't, it's like you're floundering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Like it definitely, there's like a comfort to be like, okay, I fit in. You just want to fit into like any box, even if it's a really unflattering one, like a stoned art kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there is like definitely like way more comfort in that than being the like not super academic, not super athletic, like not really fitting into any of these things. Whereas right. like as an adult, like it it wasn't until like ironically enough, I failed gym uh in high school and <laughs> I had to do uh like they made me uh make up the credits outside of school so that I could graduate on time. Um, and so I started doing yoga because I thought that was going to be easy and I didn't want to like, you know, do anything like super active because that wasn't part of my image. <laughs> and I ended up loving yoga and that became like a huge part of my adulthood and like went on to do, a, you know, two yoga teacher trainings and, you know, still practice really regularly. But it's yeah, kind of ironic that I found that out of yeah, my... Out of, <laughs> out of my gym failure yeah out of <laughs> failing to be active <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely what was your motivation for starting to work with a coach um I just like was so not happy like and there I couldn't really pinpoint what it was but I had I had watched her I think it was like her it's not like I was like out there like looking for a coach it was very much like Everest is like the only person I would actually like hire as a coach and mm -hmm. it was like her or nothing. But I was just like, it was the very beginning of my Saturn return. I felt just like so lost and like not satisfied with like work stuff, with relationship stuff. I still had so much like family stuff that I hadn't really worked through with anyone because I'd never mm -hmm. gone through traditional therapy before even when it was recommended and part of that was just because I didn't think I was like worth the money and the time to even do all of that yeah. and she is like very open with her story she grew up in uh in a cult um called oh, wow. children of god where you know she was like sexually abused and just had like a fucking crazy childhood and then she was living in new york bartending and we were actually uh working a block away from each other for like wow. two years so there was all these like weird intersections and i like knew her through like we had like a mutual friend in common so i i did feel somewhat connected to her it wasn't like entirely on the internet um mm -hmm. and i i had like just been like following her Instagram for years. And so she was, when she was bartending, she was launching like a health coaching business. And like, I had also gone to health coaching school and I just really liked her style because it was more like cut and dry and not like love and light, like nutrition, which is also very much like my approach. And right. I just like, I really liked her work. I think I bought one of her workshops and I was just like, I really like resonate with her. And then this was like the very beginning of um, 2018. I was actually in LA uh, with one of my friends and we were driving to uh, meet some friends in Arizona. I was going to, to Arizona for the first time. To and 
to Sedona. Nice. Um, and so naturally we had a bunch of weed and drugs on us, got pulled over at a checkpoint that oh, no. happened to when be you were already and- in Arizona or still in California. We were right. It was literally on the border. So thankfully we were not in Arizona because we would have like probably right. gotten like death penalty. Um, but we happened to be in a national park, uh, oh, which is governed by federal, federal law. Oh yeah. Right. You're a lawyer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And so we ended up getting arrested kind of, even though they never took us like, anything. Did they detain you? Uh, yeah. Well, they detained us in her car okay. because it was cold out. Like it was, yeah, it so was you kind of leave the car. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> her phone died right as we called our friends who were in Arizona already saying that oh, we no. weren't going to make it. And then we're trying to frantically look on like Google maps on my phone to see what state we were in to see like oh, no. <laughs> what like our punishment was. But long story short, like we ended up kind of getting out of that, but I had to like hire a lawyer and pay him uh, $5,000 to like get this off my record. Um, but that's how much her coaching <laughs> set packages were. Oh, and wow. for whatever reason, this is coming from someone who like, it's like painful for me to spend like $10 on myself. But for whatever yeah. reason, like in that kind of like rock bottom that I was feeling at that moment of shame, I was like, you know what, I just spent five grand on like something stupid that I don't want what's another $5,000? And so I just like emailed her, signed up. It was like very impulsive. Like I'm definitely the type of person who like will buy something and then like I immediately like return it and like keep all the tags on and the receipts like because I'm not like sure of my purchase. Um, right. Which her and I worked through. and uh, But basically, yeah, like signed right up and it was, you know, the best thing I've ever done. Again, it's like not anything you necessarily don't already know on your own, but it's someone else basically like reaffirming that. And so right. that was like such a huge thing for me for so long. I felt like, oh, like none, like people have it way worse than me. None of this is valid. And like, I think part of why I was attracted to her because I was just like her childhood was fucking crazy. She was like right. in a cult getting sexually abused like all the time. Yeah. And I was like, and I mean, this sounds bad, but to almost have someone who has that background reaffirm certain, like me telling her certain things that happened to, you know, that happened to me in childhood and she, and hearing her being like, wow, that's just, that's really sad. Like, that's just really sad. And not that I like need that reassurance from someone else, but it kind of does yeah, validate. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean yeah. Yeah. Like, I do the same thing where I compare my pain or even my happiness to other people's. It's like yeah. when you're at the doctor and they ask you to tell them what your pain is on a scale of one to 10, I like never would say a 10 mm-hmm. because even if I was in the worst pain I've ever experienced, I always would think, okay, well, it could be worse. And then, yeah, or someone else is in more pain. Right. Exactly. And that I would just do with my own feelings. So I would, you know, try to brush things off. Like this isn't really that big of a deal, even if inside it was really hurting me, but I would mm-hmm. brush it off and essentially then push that down. And yep. you just end up not validating yourself. It's like, you feel and like you it, shouldn't feel the way you feel. 
Totally. And then, so yeah. And then when left unattended, basically when those same negative feelings pop back up in adulthood, then you've basically trained yourself to be like, oh, but this isn't a big deal. Like I shouldn't complain about this. I shouldn't, you know, say anything. And you just continue to let those things happen, which was what I was doing. And so I can like safely say that working with her, like, everything like went to a halt within we were working together one-on-one like over the course of a year um but it it had kind of stretched because I was like working with her I did some of her workshops and then I was doing um some of her like group training so I was still like working with it wasn't necessarily us in session one-on-one but it'd be like Mm -hmm. us in a group of four or five other people so I was still in like if my patterns would come up, it's like, even still now she's on like an Instagram live, um, or she does like zoom calls now, like she'll still like call, she'll be like, yeah, people like blah, 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 like resisting, validating their talents by like never making a website (laughs) like Kim. And she'll like (laughs) still call me out, which is amazing to have. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it worked. Like, I feel like my life like completely changed after that. I started charging change. Um, I, in a lot of different ways, I left my crazy hectic job. Um, (laughs) I started charging much more for my time and not like getting stuck doing just whatever, like I just created better boundaries at work. Um, we did a lot of work around boundaries because that was definitely like a theme for me throughout my whole life of just not having any of those. (laughs) And, uh, and then especially with guys, I had really bad boundaries with guys and, um, was like, just like, didn't think that anyone would like really take me seriously in a relationship and therefore Mm -hmm. was like kind of making myself unavailable. And I was like 28, hadn't really ever like dated anyone super seriously and was like, just like hooking up with like three different people who were just completely unavailable for one reason or another. So, you know, even though I like didn't actually want to date any of these people, I didn't, you know, allow myself to accept how I was feeling in those situations. Um, Yeah, there was like a disconnect. Yeah, which was shitty. I, you know, I didn't realize that like all of these many different instances, but in, in this example with guys like how like what story that was creating in my own head which was that like I'm a sex object and I'm not like worthy of anyone's love or respect right or commitment um so we worked through that one a lot and then like ended up meeting my now boyfriend like pretty shortly after (laughs) re-meeting but again like I would have never like if I hadn't been if I hadn't done the work on myself that I had done and I mean, yes, not being in high school anymore was also like a huge part of that. But I think a a big piece, um, if I hadn't done the work on myself and also just, you know, gotten more in touch with, uh, my intuition and, you know, like, is this a good idea? I mean, the first time we hung out. I I met him because he was coming into, I was working at a wellness space, um, in the East village and, and he was a customer there. He was coming in for cryotherapy, which is when you freeze yourself in a chamber for yeah, three I've minutes. Yeah, I've done it a few times. <laughs> um, 
And I remember like the first, literally the first time he walked in, I was like, oh shit, it's some kid from my high school. And I like ducked behind a counter. I like hid the first time. (laughs) That's how like avoidant I was. Um, And then we kind of just started talking like, you know, little bits here and there, but old me would have like immediately written off this person and been like, Oh, like, I don't know, some like, like John coming in for crying. Yeah. And just like, (laughs) yeah. Like judging, like assuming that he's some like spoiled kid, which like he's not, we actually had like very similar upbringings that like I had no idea until, (laughs) until we started talking. Um, but yeah, just like, I guess being open to open-minded to, meeting or like speaking to people who I would have just written off in the past. And then, um, you know, the first, so then we kind of just talked casually here and there, but then Jeff, my now boyfriend came in for, uh, his appointment. He was super late. Um, so he was like the last (laughs) appointment of the day, uh, cause he was working late and we were just like doing the usual small talk while I was like putting him in the freezing chamber. Um, and he like asked what I was doing that night and I told him my plans got canceled and he was like, Oh, actually like I was supposed to cook dinner with one of my buddies, like super low key. Um, but he got invited to a rodeo at Madison square garden and just like canceled on me. So both of our plans got canceled. We're like in this weird space on like a Friday night. Uh, and he's like freezing in a chamber without yeah and he's like basically (laughs) naked so already got to like check out um, (laughs) what I was getting into and then he boldly which I normally would have been like totally weirded out and said no but he was like oh well you know I bought all the groceries already my friend's not coming if you want to come by like I'm gonna just like cook some dinner and we can just like have dinner and chill and I was like okay which is so not like me um but something just like felt I was just like, I feel like I should do this. And I remember like he left and I had to like close up there and everything. But I remember texting one of my friends and being like, oh, well, I'm going to go like, like hang out with like this kid from high school. And she was like, what? Who is that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'll text you if it's really <laughs> bad. You can call me so so that I can leave in case it gets really awkward. Right. Um, <laughs> and and then I like went over and we ended up. <laughs> sitting and having an amazing dinner that he made for me which like no one has ever cooked me dinner before That's I'm always so awesome. one who makes food for everyone so yeah just like right off the bat feeling like real taken care of for the first yeah. time and like and like letting someone you know just straight up like buy a bunch of groceries and cook for me was like actually a very hard hard pill for me to swallow and I'm then sure. we ended up just sitting and talking for so long. And I remember at one point, he was like, telling me about like a podcast. And I was like, Oh, will you like send me a screenshot of that? And so he like texted me a screenshot of the podcast. And I turned over my phone because I hadn't looked at it the whole time. And I'd gotten there probably around like 9pm. And it was five in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I was like, I should go. (laughs) I've been here for too long. Um, but yeah, it was just like very instantaneous, but, uh, I think so much of that has to do with just like being in a place where like you're open to it. I'm at least now grateful, even though definitely like sucked at times that I went through like most of my formative years pretty much solo and like really like I have my, like 
I have my routine and my life set up, but I made it so that there's there's room for someone else to join and especially someone who's like so compatible who like wants to do a workout class with me in the morning yeah. and like wants to do like you know wants to eat the same kinds of foods that I am or and like cook at home um you know obviously there's like certain things that are just important on a compatibility level but um I'm at least happy that I like figured out like like you got to know what like your favorite food is before <laughs> so that when someone's like what are you in the mood for like you at least know what your options are <laughs> yeah how have you gotten to know yourself in that way that's something that I struggle with is like understanding what my inner voice is even saying <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense and I feel like now since because I had a major breakup which I think I've told you about in Mm -hmm. February. And I think since then, I've just really been trying to focus on getting to know myself. So how do you feel like you've done that over the years? I mean, clearly, you're a very independent person. And that's super, super important to you. But I feel like you have to be so intentional about just paying attention to things that you like and don't like and things, I don't know, your reactions to certain things. Yeah, totally. And I think, like, now that I'm in a relationship and we're in a situation where we're kind of forced to spend every minute and meal together. Um, it's made me like, you have to be more conscious, conscious of it when you're with someone, because it's super easy to like think, you know, just when you love someone, you're like, you're taking them into consideration for like, Oh, what am I going to make for breakfast? Oh, but I should, we don't have enough of this for two people or like right. they, they didn't really like this last time. So I should do this instead. And so, um, there's been moments where I've like noticed that. And I think again, like being on my own for so long, kind of like I have that good, like muscle memory where it's kind of easier to switch back to, but I can only imagine someone who's been in like a long-term relationship for, those years when you are figuring out yeah that's like me it's definitely easier to slip into just like the codependency doing everything together and like always factoring them in but I think that's that's like in my mind at least like part of a healthy relationship is like having two holes two whole people (laughs) that can then like come together and have this really full life versus like the idea that this other person completes you which isn't right. to say like I can't really imagine my life without him now and like anytime I do I'm just like oh my god that would suck like I do feel like there's a part of me that like now that I've experienced life with Jeff in it uh I don't want to do life without him <laughs> um <Right. laughs> totally. but but that doesn't mean I can't go on a trip with like he'll still be my boyfriend if I'm like on a trip for a week um <laughs> yeah and that's so important to have that within your relationship, I think. I agree. I mean, I have you ever had a moment either within this relationship or not where you kind of were faced with a choice to be true to yourself or not true to yourself. But then if you were true to yourself, you knew you would be disappointing somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I've done that a million. I mean, I think with so many, like, I didn't want to go to college straight after high school. I did that because I didn't want to like piss off my dad. Um, right. I think my like whole 
beginning of my career slash it's definitely still like trickle. I mean, I'm, I'm actually like also going through another kind of career pivot right now and kind of refiguring out what I actually like to do versus which I really want to hear what about. <laughs> will pay me the most money. Um, but I mean, right. like I said, said before, uh, I was like into like yoga and like healthy food and I was into like veganism. Uh, I, I got into it in college. And so when I graduated, I'd like worked in retail, but like basically didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, and, uh, enrolled in a yoga teacher training naturally. And then, uh, during that time, I just started working at juice press, which is like a big juice chain, um, in New York. And then, yeah, I, I worked at press juicery when I was in Oh, Moscow, nice. Yeah. Which is like the competitor. Yeah. Ju- it's like the California version. Yep. Um, <laughs> And so I started working just like front of house to like make money while I was doing my training. And then I remember like they within a couple months, like realized that I was capable of doing more than making smoothies. Um, and I remember going into the meeting with the COO of the company at the time. And right beforehand, I was like one of the more like senior managers was like, oh, are you going to are you going to become a manager, you think? And I distinctly remember right before going into this meeting being like, no, I'm really not interested in being a manager. Like, I just don't want that for my career. Um, But, you know, I'm ready to like take on a more like kind of corporate job and like not just be like working in the shops all the time. Ended up like going into this meeting. I ended up getting some kind of, they gave me some kind of more like HR, like corporate job where I was like helping with like hiring and training and stuff like that. But then like, it basically, like, I remember that senior manager being like, oh, well, you know, like management is, has the best job security because no matter what's going on, like they're always going to need people to manage the stores, but they could easily like get rid of an HR person. That's, you know, some of these more like excessive roles. And so that's definitely, it's like all of these values that you're supposed to, and I have put that in quotes, like supposed to, you know, feel like are part of you. It's like the stability of a job, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you might not value that. I mean, you value it to an extent, of course, but maybe not at the expense of, you know, hating what you do. Yeah. But I like kind of like. I went into it with that mindset, but then reality right. set in when basically within like a couple of weeks, they were like, oh, well, we'll give you this raise if you manage this store. And then they were like, oh, well, we'll give you, I found this, e- the email from when I got this promotion, $100 more a week to manage a second, an entire other store they would normally have to hire another manager for. And so, oh yeah. And in my head at the time, I was like, $100 a week. I'll be rich. <laughs> like groceries. Exactly. I was like, oh my God, I can like go to Whole Foods now. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it was like definitely like completely went against, uh, my word and like the values that I had stated just like months beforehand, because a, I like loved the the attention that I was getting, uh, from the COO at the time who like would just like send these emails, which now in hindsight, I can see how like manipulative they were when they were like, 
it's been our right. dream to have an employee who is a multi-unit manager and manages <laughs> corporate responsibilities. And I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm fucking cheap labor over here, like doing four people's <laughs> jobs for the price of like half of one. So totally. Yeah. And that like kind of catapulted into like most of my 20s being in uh retail management for wellness brands. And then I kind of got more to like the director level, but it was up until like last summer through like the fall actually of like 2019 that despite being either director level or being a consultant for different retail brands, when their manager either like quit or was doing a shitty job, I was still literally taking out the trash. Like, (laughs) That's like my, my coach like uses that example because it's like a real example where she was like, yeah, yeah. Like we use it metaphorically also like taking out the trash, but I was also literally taking out the trash. (laughs) And it's so interesting because it's almost like there's this tension between your ego and what you think you should want versus what you actually want and like what's you know good for your soul Mm -hmm. yeah where you were trying your choices were essentially being driven by that ego side and all of the things that you think you should want like a hundred dollars more a week for managing a second store and then that obviously came at the expense of like internally you were like crumbling totally yeah I was like when I look back at like even when I look at pictures I have so few pictures from like those years in my life because I just like you could tell like I like looked so like tired and like just like not happy yeah because you were like depleted yeah which was the whole irony of like working in the wellness industry and like working for these schmancy like healthy brands that promote feeling your best all the time. And I was the most sick ever. I mean, especially with like, you want to talk about like taking on kind of, you know, defining aspects of yourself from your environment. I like completely took on the identity of whatever brand I was working for. So like if it was at juice press, like I was like juice cleansing, eating raw kale in the dead of winter, which now that I've like gone through my holistic nutrition training, my constitution in general, like raw food is not like, unless it's like the summer and really hot out and I want to have like a salad, like all of that was just so, so wrong. And I, I just remember like feeling so like bloated and like sick and like my skin was bad because I wasn't able to like digest any of this food. And, but you're like, but I'm doing exactly. And then like pile that on top of like the shame of like, Oh, but I'm supposed to be like the face of health. And I'm like representing all these stores. And I like look like I'm like starving and sleep deprived and like my chin's all broken out. So like what is going on here? And you know, that's just, it kind of creates almost this like, I don't know. There's this like dichotomy, dichotomy between how you see yourself and then how others see you. Because I'm sure when others saw you, they definitely didn't see all of that like pain you were in inside, physical and emotional. You yeah, know, they were seeing somebody that's like eating raw kale for mm-hmm. lunch and drinking green juice all the time 
and working really hard because that's what our society values, you know, more than anything, basically. Yeah. And I was like praised for it. And so I, I, that it just like, it's, it's been difficult to like, at this point, um, I think, and just over like the last year or so. And I think we kind of started talking about this the last time we were chatting, but I started eating meat again after 17 years, um, which was partially the influence of, of my boyfriend, but also partially just because I knew for years, just intuitively that I was like depleted in those nutrients. And I just, I don't eat a ton of meat, but mostly like around my period, I'll have some red meat. I still haven't had any like chicken and like birds just still gross me out but I love a good (laughs) good steak every now and then um and it's all like you know I'm conscious of like where it's coming from and everything but it took a lot and there was like shame around doing something that is like nourishing for my body and then even similarly with job stuff I'm like looking at other industries and I'm like oh but am I like ruining my career that I've built in this industry and that like, you know, you kind of think you trick yourself into thinking that because you said this one thing once when you're 22, that when, when you're 30, you still need to stick by that or you're, uh, almost like you're a failure if you switch. Yeah. Or if you're like disowning yourself when in reality, people change and you grow out of things and that's actually like very healthy and beautiful and you know my coach actually uses like a really good metaphor that helped me was um she has her son's now like around like I think he's not quite two but so he was like she was like breastfeeding him when (laughs) when we were working together one-on-one and she she was like you know when when my son like grows out of his shoes, we're really excited that he's growing and we like congratulate and celebrate that situation. How come when we're adults and someone grows out of something, whether it's a job or a relationship or just like a hobby or eating habits or anything that like no longer serves them, we almost immediately shame them or try to look at like, oh, what went wrong or like what happened when like you can just straight up grow out of things and not want them anymore. Yeah, it's so true. And it goes back to what we were talking earlier about in high school and elementary school, we put ourselves in these boxes to fit Mm -hmm. in and we do the same thing as adults. Yep. And so it's like you put yourself in this box and then you at some point maybe realize that the box doesn't fit anymore. But because everybody, including yourself, is so used to you being in that box, it's like the world is shaking. You get out. Yeah, you're like, how am I going to explain this to people? You know, whether it's like leaving a job or, you know, just or getting out of a six year relationship, which I can imagine there's a lot of explaining. Yeah, no, it's so true. <laughs> totally. How, how is your, I'd love to hear about your new venture and how your work is shifting. Yeah. So I'm extremely grateful and fortunate that basically, um, a, a company that it's, it's called gold. Um, I'll plug them in on, on the pod, gold G O L D E. Um, cool. So I met, I met the founders, uh, probably in like 
2017. We met when I was like working for another company um, and they were working in a wellness spot and like I found out about their brand. And then when I went on to work for other retailers and was consulting for like cafes and stuff like that, I just always brought their product in. Their kind of like original hero product is like a turmeric latte blend um, from like a golden milk. Um, it's really good and like not sweetened in any or anything. And, um, yeah, the founders, like I said, they're like a couple years younger than I am. Um, and yeah, we just like, I just thought that they were awesome and like wanted to support them and they were a small business at the time. Um, and I just kind of like watched their, their growth from the sidelines. Uh, they got picked up by like the urban brands and, they're in Sephora now and uh, Trinity who's one of the co-founders is like the youngest woman of color to have a brand uh, in Sephora. Um, And so they were just really crushing it. Yeah. And so I just like, I always like would like repost and just like congratulate them on like little wins. Like we weren't like super close or anything. I just, I just liked them. Um, And so then uh, earlier this year, she texted me after I finished my last consulting job, which like ended terribly with them not paying my final invoice for literally no reason. Like, wow. Like went to small claims court, won the case. I'm like still battling that. But yeah, so they, uh, she like texted me that they were in the process of like raising money and they're looking to hire an ops person. And so we like met back in February when you could still meet in person. Um, And I started like the very end of February. And then I think my first or second week was like when the city shut down for COVID. Um, And I was supposed to be doing all their wholesale sales, which I had done in the past, which like, isn't something I'm not super passionate about sales. Um, And then also help them with some operation stuff, which I had done retail operations, but they don't have a retail location. They're sold only online and then they wholesale to other stores, which all close. So like all of the wholesale stuff completely shut down that week. Um, But it kind of gave me time to like shift and focus on more like learning more of the operation stuff. And uh, also randomly through all of this, um, I went to NYU and they like emailed all the graduates that they, because they're doing all their courses online. And I guess they had extra seats that you could sign up for an online course for free and like not pay the tuition. Um, And those got like all the spots got taken really quickly, but then they did like a second round. And so I ended up getting into this course that I'm taking for free. That's really amazing. Um, about wow. digital commerce. What kind of class is it? It's it's called digital commerce, but it's literally everything that I'm like learning. And so basically through COVID, I not only was able to like pivot my career out of retail because no one's hiring a retail operations consultants for health and wellness brands (laughs) after all this, uh, pivoted D operations. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, how do I close this down and liquidate all of my assets? Um, (laughs) but yeah, basically like pivoted out of retail, moved more onto like the digital, like brand management side of things and basically got like paid a like decent wage to, learn like a new skill set and and also because it hasn't been a full-time role which old me would have been like super anxious about like 
not working 50 hours a week and like making X amount, I've just gone into it with this mindset of like, I'm getting paid right now to like, learn new things, figure out my next step, their company also so sales were slow in the beginning. But then once COVID hit, and everyone was stuck at home doing they make like, uh, face masks and like, that you put on your face, not like, to block your breathing. Um, and matcha and like golden latte blends. So like everyone's at home masking and like making lattes because they can't (laughs) go to a coffee shop. So all of, we had a huge uptick on Z to C and then, uh, with all like the, and then uh, the founder was like super vocal during all the black lives matter movement and everyone wanted to support black and our sales have like literally like 2000 X what they were. That is so June. And so I've been with them. So not only like my hours have increased or I'm almost full time and like making close to what I wanted to, but like, I still have the freedom to like, I've taken a bunch of Excel classes, like really taking this time to like actually focus for the first time on my career and like what I want and, you know, develop skills that are in, like accidental or just like now I guess I'm good at managing yeah you're being intentional so this opportunity it. has at least just like made me see that like my skill sets are transferable you're never just like stuck in one thing and you're kind of never too old to to pivot careers even if that means yeah I'm no longer at director level and I start at like associate <laughs> in something like that's fine. You know, you have to think of like bigger picture and, and again, just like coming back to like what you actually enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis. And if, you know, I literally hated every minute of my last retail consulting gig. Um, and then the universe like topped that off by having them not pay my final invoice just to (laughs) really make that like a super undesirable experience. Um, and yeah, totally. I was just like, I took that as like, just like anything else negative that happened to me is just like a sign that like, I need to approach this differently. <laughs> right. Totally. That's so awesome. I'm going to have to look up the company yeah, and order some. I love awesome. golden lattes. Oh, then you'll love all of our products. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Um, what kind of practices or rituals do you incorporate into your daily life to just make sure that you're in tune with your inner voice and to practice that authenticity. Yeah. I think having some sort of like daily movement, um, I've like never been one to stick to any one thing. So, you know, I do all different types of stuff and sometimes it'll be like a hit workout. Sometimes it's literally just like rolling on the floor and like stretching, which is what I did kind of the Mm -hmm. last two days. Um, just any kind of like movement first thing. Um, just because I, if I don't, and I, I have definitely gone through phases where I don't, I'll just like basically experience like disassociation physically and find that then I'm like way less in tune with like how I should be eating or how I'm sitting. If I'm like sitting at the computer, I like won't, if I'm like, haven't done some sort of like physical check-in that morning, I'll literally find myself sitting in like the worst positions ever that like break Mm -hmm. my back. 
Um, You're like disconnected from your body. Completely. Um, So I kind of just need that like check-in moment. And again, like I've completely fallen off track before and like seen the negative consequences. And it, for me at this point, like has nothing to do with like burning calories or anything like that. It's strictly just like, I need to do something. Um, and I also, um, and this kind of, and that's like such an important distinction too, because sometimes movement is made to be about burning calories. And that's like what we, what we're always fed. Yeah. And I, you know, just like that data, like tracking everything. Yeah. But it's so the value, at least for me, is just so not about that. Yeah. And I've gone, it's like connecting to my body. I've gone through phases where I'll like sign up for like classes at this gym and it's like all like weightlifting and all like in my, which I like to do sometimes, but I think where it gets, uh, where it starts to be kind of like, I don't want to use the word like abusing, like abusive. Um, but when it starts to be like kind of harmful, I, it is harmful to yourself yeah. is when well, it's like a burnout. Yeah. But it's, it just, you are forcing yourself to do something when like, it's not benefiting you that day. And that doesn't mean that it's like always right. bad for you because sometimes lifting makes me feel like a fucking badass and it's great but I don't want to do that every single day for like six months straight. And so like a second totally. thing that has really helped uh, me just kind of like get better in touch with myself and where I'm at has uh, been tracking my menstrual cycle and like really like kind of forming my life around that. And movement is a big do thing. you use an app? Yes. Um, I use MyFlow, which... Uh, is that Elisa Vitti's yes, one? Yes, I'm her biggest fan. She, what was the book she Woman wrote? Woman Code. And then she also oh, yeah. uh, has a, wrote a second book, which my boyfriend just bought for me as a surprise. Um, called nice. In my fl- I know that's when I was like, you're a keeper when you buy me period <laughs> Um Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of hers. And I think she just like breaks down all of the information, uh, again, like I'm a pretty intuitive person, but I really wanted to learn actually what was happening to my body. And I was shocked at like how like inaccurately I was taught things. Um, but I yeah, like, it's actually really crazy. My sex ed teacher literally lot. It still is like ingrained in my brain. I remember she like asked if anyone had any questions and I asked her if you could hold in your period, like you could hold in pee. Cause that's just like where my mind was at. It's <laughs> like a weird fifth reader. And she said, you can. And like, what? I know. And like, yeah, I mean, that was one thing that just like stuck with me, but like, if she blatantly lied about something like that, can you only imagine like, yeah, imagine <laughs> what else she's like, what, what other like false facts are they spewing? So that was, that's crazy. Yeah. So kind of like relearning what was going on. And I mean, I could like ramble for another like four hours about this. so I won't go too deep into it, but I think just like the misconceptions that women are taught about how they should react to what's going on in their body is yeah, just so anti-feminist and I think the most feminist thing you can do is like learn about your cycle and learn how to adapt your life around that and not the other way um and so like one of the biggest things was like which like again I had intuitively kind of known but didn't it was like almost reassuring to hear this was like 
you're not supposed to do the same type of workout like all throughout your cycle. Like there are certain days when like it is more beneficial for you to do something that's more like slow movement or just rest sometimes. And it's actually like healthier to do that versus like you see these people who are working out like in the gym six days a week, no matter what. And then they like lose their periods. Um, yeah. And, and factoring in, you know, like food lifestyle. And then on top of that, something that I've, I'm trying, and this is, I think what I'm trying to figure out with my like health coaching work, because this is something that just keeps coming back to me that I'm like the most, uh, interested in learning myself. And I think would be the most valuable to people. And I mean, I love Elisa Vitti, but I think there's even, uh, like another level for the people who don't even want to take the time to read her book, but want this information. I think that's kind of like my cut, like clientele there. Um, but it's factoring in also for work. And when I, when I have been able to follow, like during your like ovulation phases, when you're, you're more like outward and, uh, like social, and that's when you should be more, uh, like in the brainstorming, like getting on calls, like that kind of phase. Um, again, it's like hard when you're not your own boss and like calls pop up whenever, but the more I like shift my work schedule to follow that. And basically just like my whole life, like I just, it's hard to explain, but like, that's when I feel just like the most aligned with myself. And it's like my life and my mind and my body are like all on the same page. And I was on birth control probably four different times because, and it like never lasted more than a couple months because I just immediately like was like, nope, like I've been pretty in touch with my body for a while now. And I I also didn't, I didn't start as young as most people. Like I started probably when I was like 19, I think the first time, 19 or 20, it was like when I was like consistently having sex with someone and like didn't want their babies. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, the last time was probably like five years ago. I had an IUD and it was, granted it was paired right when I was like, I moved to LA for a job. Um, And in, I didn't even notice at the time, but like, in hindsight, I was like, wow, that was like the most depressed I've been in adulthood. And I can't say it's all because of the IUD. But when I looked up, uh, a which one did you have? I had uh, Skyla. So it, it wasn't one like I still had my period. But I just I remember when I got it taken out, just like, instantly feeling better and like myself um but I remember looking up like online just information about it and it was like may cause like increase anxiety and depression and like I definitely had all of those things uh when I I mean granted I've had it not on birth control but like right (laughs) I also like it was like exacerbated exactly it. it definitely exacerbated it and I just like yeah, I remember just feeling off and like less in touch with myself. And so that's been kind of this huge like theme that keeps like hitting me in the face and coming up more and more and more. And I keep finding more people who are like interested in this topic and want to learn more. 
And there's just like, there's so much about it. But I think the number one thing that we can do as women, um, and like, some people don't menstruate naturally, or even like trans women who don't, but like to still get on a cycle and to mm-hmm. know that like you're, it's normal to not like have one set of needs every single day. And right. I think, I mean, that just comes back so much to like tuning into yourself and what your truth totally. is and like, something might serve you for six years and like not for the rest of your life. And like, that's fine. And to just kind of accept that like life is cyclical in general, but like we're also on a 28 day cycle just naturally. And so like that in and of itself is very, very normal and like doesn't make you crazy and doesn't make you a bitch and doesn't make you difficult and doesn't make you less than, men in the workplace if anything it makes you like more in tune to so many other things to be able to have that connected to the universe yeah and just like connected to to humans on like a different level um right yeah because you you have that sensitivity um or at least that like opportunity to work up to that sensitivity because it doesn't come naturally to most people and like again even as i consider myself like highly sensitive and I have been since I was younger I've also been extremely disconnected from myself at multiple times and then have like gone back and been super connected and then I'll go through you know like it's all it's it's up and down but I think the the biggest thing is just like as an adult and like now that I'm 30 (laughs) I think just to like have kind of that like toolbox that when I do feel like I'm far away from myself or the self that I know that I kind of know these different practices even if I don't take my own advice and follow them uh, I ultimately have a really good set of tools that I know bring me back when I need them to um, and that's something that you know, it's not like you can like work with a coach or learn something once and, and you're fixed. That was the biggest thing that I learned with my coach is like your patterns are going to repeat themselves for your whole fucking life. But yeah, just the more and more you become familiar with them and you can catch them earlier on and you can stop yourselves in, in, in those tracks, then that's that's the most useful thing, I think. Yeah. And like the toolkit keeps building. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And there's so many more. What started off with just like a 50 minute yoga practice has now expanded into like (laughs) food and lifestyle and like people and meditations and manifestation and like trauma repair and like, I mean, so many, so many categories. That's awesome. Oh, I love this conversation so much. And we've been talking for a while I and I feel like we could keep talking forever, which is how I always feel when we talk. Um, I do have some ending like quick fire questions. Okay. What book are you reading right now? Ooh, I'm reading like four different books. That's like what I do too. <laughs> one of them that's on my night stand right now is Eastern Body, Western Mind, which is about uh, psychology and trauma through the chakra system. Oh, wow. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. What was the last meal you had? 
um, lunch that I had some leftover tomato and cucumber salad, uh, some cod that my boyfriend made me, and some blue corn chips because corn chips taste better when they're blue. Yum. And I agree. They definitely do. (laughs) When you imagine your quote unquote happy place, like when you have to go into a meditation and you imagine yourself somewhere beautiful, where is Mm -hmm. it? Uh, in upstate New York in just like a airy kind of modest cabiny house with lots of windows. Nice. That sounds beautiful. Is it summertime? Yes. So it's green. Yeah. Nice. If you could speak to yourself 15 years ago with the knowledge you have now, what would you say? (sighs) Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do drugs. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just trust that it's all figure outable. I love that. That's so great. I should write that on my wall. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Like, I I love this. And seriously, every time we talk, I feel inspired and motivated oh that's like such a compliment thanks so much for listening to my conversation with kim i always leave our conversations which tend to last over two hours so i had to cut this one down a little bit but hopefully you guys loved it and i always leave feeling really inspired and i hope that feeling somehow went through your speakers to all of you guys I'll also put some links in the show notes and you can find Kim on Instagram at Kim Firth, F-U-E-R-T-H, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast or go to undefinedpodcast.com to find out about all of the latest updates. And since I know you love me, please leave a review on iTunes. And as I said at the beginning, I am going to take a break from the pod. Well, I'm going to still be working on it, but season one is over as of this episode, which is pretty awesome and amazing that I actually put out all of these episodes. I surprise myself sometimes. But anyway, thank you so much for listening, and I will keep you updated via other channels. So I know that you'll miss me, but... I have faith that you'll be okay without my voice in your ear every few weeks. And I will be coming out with some really awesome episodes whenever I am ready to release season two.